Are you someone who doesn't take life too seriously? Do you sometimes find that a shot of whiskey isn't only deserved, but needed? If you said yes to either of those, welcome to the Whiskey and Lace podcast, where we have honest chats with everyday people, shit shows and all. I'm your host, Erica Altus, and I'm here to empower you to be the best version of yourself and perhaps share in a shot of whiskey. Now pour yourself a glass of wine and let's go. Look out, because here I come, and I'm marching on to the beat I drum. Oh, hi. Um, <laughs> welcome back to another episode of the Whiskey and Lace podcast. I was actually just listening to Justin Anderson's stories, and he was playing that song. And I sent him a DM and I said, you have to listen to the This Is Me rehearsal. If you YouTube it, you'll find it. If you have not seen this video before, trust me when I say it is so worth the five minute watch. You will probably cry. It is spectacular. I'm just going to tell you that. Go to YouTube, type in This Is Me rehearsal and watch it and then report back to me because it's just incredible. Anyways, it is February 26th. And it is the day before my 40th birthday. Holy shit. 40. You guys, 40. Like, isn't that considered over the hill? Or is that 50? I'm not sure. Anyways, I'm recording a solo episode today for my 40th birthday in honor of it. And I'm going over 40 things I've learned in my 40 years. And there's going to be a few different categories. We're going to go over things I've learned in my marriage, in motherhood, in friendships, in business, and just in myself. And as I'm scrolling through my list, I'm realizing that I missed um, one one of them. I'm doing eight in each category, and I'm noticing that in the in myself category, I don't have eight. I have seven. So we're going to add to that list right now because I already just thought of one that I need to add. So I'll share that at the end because I'm going to go through that list at the end. But let's start with marriage. Um, You know, over my 40 years of being alive, I have been married for half of them. Well, no, that's a lie. (laughs) Not half. I was married at 23 or no, married at 24. So close enough. Okay. But almost half my life has been spent married to Mark. I met Mark when I was 18. So I've been with Mark for the most part for half my life. And there is so much that I have learned in marriage. But here are the eight things I have learned. The first one is never stop dating slash make each other a priority. So I've shared this story before on my Instagram. But when I was getting married and right before I was walking down the aisle, I asked my dad, who at the time, I don't know how long they'd been married, maybe, I don't know, 25, 30 years. I asked him, I said, what's the secret? Like, what's the secret to your marriage? And he said, never stop dating. And that really stuck with me. I feel like that's such great advice. So I wanted to start with that because it is so important. He said, whether life gets busy, no matter how many kids you have, you need to make your marriage a priority because your kids will eventually leave the nest and then you're left with the two of you. So if you've only focused all your years of marriage on your children and the busy lives that creates, once that's gone, you may have, you know, a harder time connecting. So keep the connection going. And Mark and I have definitely done that. We go on date nights and we do other things that are actually part of this list. So number two is send flirty texts. And if down with it, send some nudies. You got to keep the romance alive, you guys. You know, for women especially, or at least for me, emotionally, I need to be fulfilled and flirted with in order to really want to like have sex. So Mark knows this. And especially when obviously we're away from one another, like 
I just remind him constantly how much I love him and send him little nudies from time to time. <laughs> um, but it keeps the spice alive. Um, I'm one that would rather send the nudies than receive them just because, I don't know, I just find penises really funny. <laughs> and I just don't find it like, ooh, I don't like get aroused a lot of that. But um, <laughs> it's not because I don't love him or don't think he's attractive. It's just I always laugh because they're funny looking to me. <laughs> Oh my God, I did not expect to talk about this. Um, So yeah, but I just think, you know, even like flirtiness when you're around one another, like when I'm cooking in the kitchen and Mark will come up behind me and just give me a hug and a kiss on the neck. Like, oh, that's just like, just that little reminder that there's that love there. And it really, to me, adds up throughout, you know, the day and fills my cup and leads to what I think a better sex life. Um, Number three on my list is play pranks on one another. You have to laugh. So you guys that have followed me for a while see that Mark and I, we play pranks on each other. We laugh together. We joke about one another all the time. And we just don't take life too seriously. And I think that that goes well with flirting. I just think it's all a part of it. So that's another advice. Number four, cook together. I I just think that there's something so sexy about being in the kitchen with my significant other. Uh, It doesn't happen all the time. I'm usually the one cooking, but not breakfast necessarily. Mark is definitely there cooking breakfast um, with me and the kids in the morning. But I don't know. I just love it. I, I think food is such a love language and cooking together is is just, you know, preparing a meal together is to me something that I cherish and that I love to do with my spouse. So I suggest that. Number five, plan a trip away, just the two of you, at least once a year if you can. I know that, you know, it's not always financially feasible for people to do this. So even just little staycations if you can, but get away, like get a babysitter, get a family member to watch your kids. Even if it's just for a night, I'm telling you the reconnection that that has in a marriage is huge. We try to do this you know, Mark and I are pretty good about this. We try to do this at least once or twice a year, if not more. You know, we start to crave it. Like we'll start noticing like in our marriage that there's like valleys that happen and we need to reconnect. And we almost tell each other like we need to get away. Like we're like kind of bickering a lot. He's irritating the shit out of me. And that's usually a sign, which sounds counterproductive, but it's really not. It's usually a sign that we need some time just to like, reconnect, turn our phones off and get away. And if that is not in your cards, even just turning off your phones and connecting in your home after your kids go to bed, playing a game together, talking to each other about things that are going on in your life, I think is just it's that's another way of connecting. But if you are finding yourself like in a very, very rough spot, um, and this is number six on my list, it's okay if you need to go to therapy. Uh, Mark and I, there was just one point in our marriage when I was not in a good place in my career. I was overwhelmed being a new mom. I was going through the transition with my old business partner and there was just a lot going on. It was what I've already said before, the hardest year of my life. And my marriage was suffering and I decided that, you know what, I need some outside help. And so I went to therapy on my own and then she suggested that we bring Mark in as well because there were some things we weren't agreeing on when it came to my career, but it was really weighing heavy on me and I needed him to hear me and we needed that outside source to kind of be a mediator with how we could navigate this 
you know, decision of me wanting to leave my job. And that was so helpful. There's no shame in it. And I just highly suggest that if that's something that will help keep you together um, and help the communication just go more smoothly, try it. Honestly, try it because sometimes that outside perspective is just what you need Um, because sometimes you can't communicate it in the right ways or, you know, like Mark needed to hear from her all these points, you know, that she had to make in order for him to see that the best thing I need for myself and for our marriage and for being a mom is leaving my job. So that's, you know, therapy. And then number seven on my list is find something you're both interested in and enjoy it together, whether that's golf or sports or comedy or concerts or Broadway, like find that commonality and that hobby that brings you both joy. And granted, okay, like Mark loves golf. I don't like love golf, but I love golfing with Mark. It's funny. It's something he loves to do. And so I don't do it often, but I do from time to time go, all right, let's go golfing, you know? And we also love to go to concerts together. That's like a huge thing for us. Uh, We've always enjoyed going to concerts together. So we try to get at least one or two concerts on the books a year because just there's, again, something through music that just brings us together and dancing and just being in that environment with other people and friends. Typically, it's just so much fun. Again, it comes back to just having fun together and not taking life too seriously. And the last thing on my list uh, for my in-marriage category, what I've learned is you need to be willing to apologize and truthfully apologize and letting go and forgiving. Resentment, I think, will like kill a marriage. And this also comes back to maybe there's nine things I've learned in marriage is that marriage is built on the foundation of trust. And if you don't have that, it's going to be a rocky, rocky road. I'm, you know, never snooping into Mark's phone or his social media. I have the utmost trust for him. And I always tell myself, if something is going on, then it will surface. I truly believe that stuff like that will always surface. But if you seek for it, if you're looking for that, you know, that maybe he's emailing somebody or DMing with somebody, chances are you're going to find something that's nothing and make it into something it's not. So that's not really my, you know, I go back to like the apologizing point, Erica, stay in your lane. Um, This does also come back to being willing to apologize. Your ego is not your amigo, especially in marriage. And you're going to find times when you just really want to hold your ground. But like, I challenge you to just take a step back and really look at it and say, is this, is this really worth holding my ground on? Or can I just say like, you know what? I have a part in how this situation ended up like going to a negative place. And I'm going to own that for the sake of the marriage and let my guard down and apologize. I swear, you guys, it helps so much just to be like, you know what? I'm sorry. I really raised my voice. or And I will say that sometimes like Mark and I communicate better through text message on this. And that may sound really bad, but I have found that it's like writing out like just my thoughts calmly. Um, it can go a longer way. It's not always like definitely we have a lot of verbal conversations too, but um, sometimes people find that communicating and apologizing through a text message, it just kind of is like, this is what I need to say. I said it. I'm sorry. Can we move on? And for us, that seems to sometimes work. So anyways, those are my like eight, nine, maybe 10 lessons that um, there's probably so many more actually in marriage that I've learned over the past 
15 and a half years of being married. So I just wanted to share those. So next, let's move on to motherhood. Um, I have eight lessons that I've learned. Um, I've been a mom now for nine and a half years. And holy shit, have I learned a lot, not just about being a mom, but about myself. But the first thing is, number one is let go. This is your child's journey. You are only here to guide them. I truly believe that we get wrapped up in like, however our children act is a representation of who we are as parents. And it's not like, it's really, some of it, that is true. Yes. Because like, if you're raising somebody and they're constantly, you know, bad behavior, like, I don't know, I guess, this, I don't know where I'm going with this, but basically it's not always a rep representation of your parenting. This is your child's journey. You know, like it's not all about you. They come into this world, their own person, and they're gonna, they're gonna have flaws. They're gonna be learning too. And I just always tell myself like, God, you know, like Austin's gonna have to figure this out. Like he's gonna have a hard time in life if he doesn't start recognizing this, but I'm gonna point it out. I'm gonna guide him. And same goes with Charlotte, you know, like the sass and the different things. And it's like, this is who she is deep down. And I'm here to guide her to suggest, you know, like, hey, this is the path I would take, or this is this is how I would do things. And they're it's ultimately up to them. They're their own people. So try to let go as much as possible. And obviously that's within reason. I just there's times when I've I have to be like, no, you can't do this. But other times when I'm like, gosh, this is this is just who they are. And they're gonna have to figure it out. And hopefully with maturity and things like that in age, they're going to be able to. Um, number two on my list is say you're sorry. This goes right back to what I said in marriage. There are times when I raise my voice, when I have moments with my children that I'm not proud of. And I go back and I will apologize. I'll say, you know, mommy really lost her temper and I am so sorry. And I never use the word, but after that sentence, I say, I'm so sorry. Will you forgive me? Because honestly, when you do that, it's teaching them how to apologize. And if you don't ever do that, they're not going to know how to do it later on in life with their spouse and with their friends and with their coworkers and with their bosses. You've got to teach that. And the way to teach it is by doing it yourself. So I always find that not only when I apologize, like it makes me feel better, but 10 out of 10 times, your children forgive you. Like they're, they're innately forgiving. They're little people that don't want conflict, you know, and they want to forgive you because they love you. So allow them the opportunity to forgive you because, again, that also not only teaches them how to apologize, but it teaches them how to forgive. So I think that that's a huge one. Number three is a hug can make all the difference in the world, especially during a temper tantrum. So I know when your kid's throwing a fit or just so emotionally overwhelmed, they don't know how to deal with themselves. The hardest thing that you probably want to do is give them a hug, right? Mark has had to learn this, especially with Charlotte. There was a time when I was away and he was texting me. He's like, she's impossible. Like she's driving me crazy. You know, they were like in the car after school. And I said, try giving her a hug. And it's, it's not what you want to do in the moment because you're so frustrated, but especially for somebody who's emotional, like I grew up a very emotional child. And I'm not saying that like my parents lacked hugging me, but they had a lot of kids, you know, and I'm sure that there were times when I was so overly emotional that I probably just could have used a hug. And it's such a good reset. I've noticed that with like Charlotte when she's in it, I'll look at her. I'm like, do you just need a hug? And she'll look at me with those eyes and like nod her head. Yes. And it's like, okay, like let's hug it out. 
let's reset and let's start over. And I'm telling you, it can, it can make all the difference in the world. Number four, you don't need to make everything magical. Just simply cooking with them, coloring with them or reading to them can go such a long ways. I am not the parent that loves to like use my imagination. I don't like love to go into their rooms and like play army boys or, you know, like um, play trains or play Barbies or play dolls. I just, it's not natural to me, even though I had like a very, I remember having a very good imagination growing up, but adults lose it. Right. And so I try to find other ways to spend quality time. Um, not to say that I don't ever play. Sometimes I do like go, okay. Cause sometimes Charlotte will come to me and be like, will you play with me, mommy? And I'm like, all right, let's do this. You know, but now she's getting to an age where she kind of laughs at me. Like, that's not how you do it. I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'm not really good at this. <laughs> um, but just getting in the kitchen and cooking with them, baking with them, um, that is quality time. And that's just as important. It, it serves the same purpose if you ask me. So, and don't feel bad about not wanting to imaginary play with your kids. That's okay. But it's it's important, in my opinion, to find other ways to find quality time with them. Next on my list is joke with them. We try to find ways of just kind of like, you know, pushing their humor and making fun in a sense, but in not a um, when they can't laugh at themselves sort of way. Don't do it. Like if everybody's not laughing, then that's not a joke. It's mean. Um, So we try to do that when it's the right time, because like we live in a joking household. So, you know, sometimes I'll scare Austin or, you know, he'll scare me. And we just kind of teach that that joking behavior in the right context. Uh, Number six is a mother's intuition is there for a reason. Lean into it. Ask questions. Do what you feel is right, not what others are telling you is right. When you are pregnant, you are going to find, and I'm sure if you've already experienced this, you know, people have so much unsolicited advice, it's not even funny. And you have to learn to take that in, but ultimately, and you'll know this right when you find out you're pregnant, you are going to question everything. You are going to, you know, feel like, uh oh, how do, how am I going to know what's right and what's wrong? Their mama intuition is there for a reason. If something feels off to you, lean into it. Don't run away from it. There's going to be so many decisions you have to make when it comes to your children's health, when it comes to your children's schooling, when it comes to your children's diet, all these things. What feels right to you? And if something feels off, like really, really, really lean into that and start asking questions. Do your own research on things. And authority doesn't always mean that they're correct. And I've always leaned into what does my mama intuition tell me? And it's really never steered me wrong. If something feels off, it probably is. So don't ignore it. Number seven, if you have multiple children, make it a point to spend one-on-one time with each of them every so often. I will be the first to admit I do not do this enough. I could venture to spend probably more one-on-one time with Austin. It's just so natural for Mark to take him fishing or take him to go to the batting cages. Whereas like, especially as they get older, that becomes harder and harder to do when their interests are much more driven towards their gender. But I do know that Austin and I have like a love for Thai food. And so I'll try to take him to Thai food every once in a while, just the two of us, you know, to reconnect that way. Um, And with Charlotte, like go to the pottery studio or take her to go get her nails done. Um, Just that one-on-one time is so important. Even doing it as 
together as a spouse, taking one child and going and doing something. I just think that they deserve that one-on-one time. So trying to make that happen is important. And I will be the first to admit again that I need to be better at this. Um, So I'll try to do that going forward. And the last but not least, you will go to bed often feeling like you failed as a mom. I promise this worry alone proves you are a good mom and you're not failing. You guys, I have gone to bed so many times going, fuck, like I didn't, I did not, I was not on my A game as a mom today. In fact, like I found myself, you know, raising my tone of voice way more than normal or, you know, losing my temper or just being short and ignoring them. Um, I'm on my phone too much. There's so many things that you alive, but we're all human, right? And the worry alone is just like I said before, proof that you're doing such a good job. You are not failing at all. If your kids are going to bed feeling loved, then you didn't fail that day. So just keep that in mind. So that's my, that's the last thing on my list when it comes to motherhood. So just know you're, you're doing a really good fucking job, even though sometimes you may not feel like you are. Hey, whiskeys. Speaking of my birthday, there's no better way to start a celebration than with an espresso martini. One of my favorites is the espresso martini at Osceolo's Bar and Grill. Featured on draft, Osceolo's even uses a local favorite land and water coffee. To celebrate with me, Osceolo is giving all whiskeys $5 off the espresso martini from now until March 27th, 2024, when you mention the Whiskey and Lace podcast. You guys, with this discount, the espresso martini comes to around like $8. That's like the price of a venti latte at Starbucks. So basically the alcohol is free. Don't worry. I got your back. Hashtag girl math. Cheers to health, wealth, and happiness, bitches. So let's move on to friendships. I've learned a lot in friendship over the last, you know, like my whole life, but um, specifically in the last 10 years. And one of the things that I've learned, uh, I have a really solid group. I have, I have different groups of friends kind of all over the board, but there's this one group of friends that I've had since I was in my early 20s. And there's four, you know, five of us total, but uh, four of my friends that whenever we set actual dates to get together, like we don't just talk about getting together, we make the plan. I do this with a lot of my friends, not just this group of five people, but like with this group of five people, we live all over the place. So it's important for us that when we get together, we try really hard to schedule the next time we're getting together. Like just set the date. The details will follow, but just set the date. So it's on your calendar because things get busy and you follow through. Uh, The same goes with just, you know, happy hours or dinner dates or going and getting a pedicure, going to the spa. I have a friend, Stephanie, who's really good at being like, okay, let's set a date, you know, and it's so important because otherwise it just doesn't happen. Life gets too busy. So that's number one, set a date. But number two goes right hand in hand with that. Don't have expectations. I swear to God, expectations are like demise of a friendship. I've found myself having expectations on people and then guess who's the most disappointed when they don't, aren't met? Me. And then guess what typically happens? There's arguments, you know, like there's a fight, there's drama just don't have expectations. If your friends don't invite you to something, it's, it comes back to the let them theory by Mel Robbins. Let them, let them not invite you. It's okay. Not everybody's going to do everything together and that's okay. There are going to be dinners that I don't get invited to. Oh, fucking well, that's one less thing you have to go to. That's one less babysitter I have to hire and don't take offense to it. I know that that's really easier said than done, but it's so true. Like just let your friends come when when it happens and don't always expect an invitation. 
it's okay to not be invited to something. And if it really bothers you that you're not invited to something, talk to them about it. Just say, hey, like, you know, I'd really love to be involved in that. Like, is there a reason I can't go? Is there only a certain number of people that are allowed to go? Like, if that's the case, okay, then you kind of have some understanding and you're not building resentment. But like, just let it go and don't have expectations. And number three on my list, I love this one. Send them TikToks or Instagram posts or memes or newspaper articles, if anybody's reading newspapers anymore. When something reminds you of someone, send it to them. Just send it to them. I swear, that's one of my favorite things in the world. My friend Leanna, I swear to God, I get like daily an Instagram post. And so many of the things that I reshare are things she sent me because they they made her think of me. And I love that, you know, like there's just, it keeps like your friendship lighthearted and it makes somebody know that you're thinking of them without like inadvertently saying like, hey, I'm just thinking about you. Like when I get a meme from Gabby, she's thinking of me. Like, that's just great, you know? And it's so easy to do. Social media has made that so easy to do. You don't even have to text them. You can throw it in a DM and it's, you know, more casual, but like do it. If something reminds you of somebody, send it to them. It just lets them know that you're thinking of them. Number four, when they are going through it, whatever it is, bring them a meal. If they live far away from you, send them an Uber Eats card. I don't know. Again, food to me is such, it's such a great way to show love. So if any of my friends have obviously a death in the family or their mom is going through it in the hospital or they've just had a really shitty day, you know, maybe drop off a cookie instead of flowers. Um, You could drop off flowers too, but I just find that bringing a meal can really ease a stressful situation for people. It's, I don't know, maybe food is my love language and that's how I show it to people. But, um, you know, if somebody's had knee surgery in their family, even just offering it, hey, can I bring your family a meal in the next two weeks? And if they say no, okay. But like, I mean, goddamn, if somebody wants to offer my ass a meal for my family, I'm not going to say no. So if anybody wants to send a meal my way, feel free. Um, But it's just, it's such a great way of showing that you're there and that you love them. Number five, uh, this one can make me emotional, but sometimes a friendship isn't worth holding on to, even though it's hard, even though you want it, want to hold on to it. Sometimes it's just not meant to be. And you guys can go back to like a podcast in January. I think it was like aired on like January 1st, maybe. I don't know what number it was. Maybe it was, oh, it was, it was podcast number 10. I talk all about this. Friendship breakups fucking suck. They're absolutely terrible. And it's gut-wrenching at times. Um, but now that I look back and I only have one friendship that I can speak to about this. And, but now that I look back, I'm like really glad that it ended the way that it did and that we are where we're at. And so as hard as as it was in the moment to live through that experience, um, just know that in time, you'll see that it was meant to be and that that door closed for a reason. And that person is no longer in your life for a reason. But when you're in it, you're really in it. And you sometimes just want to pull against what the universe wants for you, which is that they, the universe does not want this friendship to be intact. And there's reasons for that. So in that moment, I know that, that can be very hard to see. Trust me, it took me like a decade to see it. Um, but over time, you'll get it. So just try and trust that. Number six, blast music when together and just dance. Okay, dance parties are like my favorite fucking thing ever. And Mark better listen to this podcast because it's February 26th and all I want to do for my birthday, whether it be tomorrow on my birthday or this next weekend, I want to have a dance party in my kitchen. 
I just want to blast music and have a dance party. It literally fills my soul to dance with my friends and sing and just like be carefree. I don't know. If you haven't done it before, trust me, it is like, it's soul filling. So that's number six. Number seven, when you have a problem, go straight to that person and have a verbal conversation. You guys, the amount of conflict you can avoid and the amount of drama you can avoid just by picking up the phone and being like, let's talk. It's insane. But yet we avoid it or we go to other people with, you know, and sometimes it is good. I will say, like, I think it's natural for people to talk to someone else about a problem that you're having with another person in a non-gossipy way. Because sometimes, like, I have to go to a friend and be like, am I seeing this wrong or am I overreacting? And that friend can help point you in the right direction to be like, yeah, you are, you know, and you have to be you have to be open to feedback from friends. That could be number nine on this list. You need to be able to listen to somebody, even if it's not what you want to hear. But again, going back to the point, which is like, pick up the phone. Don't don't like email them. Don't text message them. Just be like, hey, or maybe meet with them in person. So much within text messages and emails and DMs, so much context can be misconstrued because you can't read the tone often. You know, somebody can put an explanation point and it sounds like they're yelling when they're like, no, I was just like excited or no, like I didn't mean it like that. So just pick up the phone or set a date to meet together and just talk it out. I think so much conflict can be avoided when we do this. Number seven, uh, wait, hold up. Number eight is people will show you who they are. They're going to try to tell you who they are, but watch, watch them. Like they really ultimately show you who, who they are. So pay attention. Okay. Like if you have a friend where it's just a one way street, you are constantly one reaching out. You are constantly one making the effort. You are constantly one giving them a call or text messaging them and they're not reciprocating. Pay attention to that. Maybe they're not worth your time. Maybe, and don't let it bother you. Like, okay, fine. You know, but like pay attention to that. Or if somebody's constantly talking shit about you behind your back and you're finding out, pay attention pay attention. They are showing you who they are. And it's okay to say, you know what? I'm going to spend a little less time with that person because they're showing me who they are. And I don't really want to be around that because who you associate yourself around says so much about you. So don't spend your time with assholes. You know what I mean? Like if this person's constantly an asshole, don't spend, don't spend a lot of your time with them. And sometimes that's hard to avoid because you have like a group of friends, but don't try to make a ton of effort with somebody who's showing you that they don't want that friendship equally. So that is rounding out the category of friendship. And we're, we're running into now my category, the lessons I've learned in business. Um, cause holy shit, I've learned a lot of lessons in business. The first one is keep your eye on the prize and block out the noise. You guys, when I was starting my job as quote unquote, an influencer, I fucking hate that word. At the time I was just like, and still, I call myself a content creator rather than influencer. Um, but when I first started this, oh my God, the amount of people who talked shit about what I was doing and were confused and saw it as self-serving and saw it as like, oh God, here she goes again. You know, probably they probably saw it as attention seeking, all these things. I could have let that stop me. But instead, I just was like, this is bringing me joy. This is something I feel I could be really, really, really good at. And I just was like, fuck them. And you know what I did? I let that fuel my fire to like prove them wrong. Like, fuck you guys, watch me. And 
now they don't talk so much shit. I'm, people do talk shit, but like my friends don't. My family doesn't. My mom still probably doesn't even know what I do. My mom never talks shit. She's just always been confused about like, what does she do? And she gets it a little bit, but there's other parts where she's still confused and it's endearing. But um, strangers will constantly talk shit about you, especially when they're insecure about what they're doing themselves. And so don't let that noise stop you. Let it fuel you, okay? Uh, number two, hire a good accountant and, and an attorney, always. You guys, seriously, when you have a business, especially like your own business, having an accountant, a good one, and having an attorney will inevitably save you so much money. Those two things are so expensive to have, but they're so important. Just trust me, you'll want a good attorney and you want a good you want a good accountant because they'll save you a shit ton of money in the end. Um, so that one's pretty self-explanatory. Number three, don't mix business with friendships and family if you can help it. Okay, so this doesn't work for everybody, right? Especially with family. Like I have a friend who is in a family business and it runs great. It doesn't probably come without issues, but they do such a good job at it. Um, I just learned early on that mixing my business or business with friendship clearly did not work out for me. <laughs> and I guess my biggest advice, if you want to go down that route, 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 oh my goodness. Um, if you do choose to go down that route of starting a business with your friend, have the conversation about what will happen if someone wants out. Seriously. I wish that we, my business partner and I, my old business partner and I would have had a conversation around what if somebody's life changes or feelings around this business change and they no longer want to do this? Have an exit strategy. What does that look like? How can you avoid it affecting your friendship? Because when you're starting a business, you're really, really fucking excited. It's a new idea and you're coming together and you're just like, it's going to work. It's going to work. It's going to work. It's going to be the best thing ever. But sometimes it's not. So talk about that before it's not. Because trust me, I wish I had done that. Um, and so I've learned a lesson in this that I don't think I'll ever mix business with friendships or family ever again because of how how bad it ended up. Um, but also because I'm much better just on my own. I, I operate, I probably better. I mean, I probably could do it again if like, again, I had those conversations, but I'm just, I feel like been there, done that, I'm moving on from it. So just, if you're going to do it, take caution and talk about all the things that could happen that could go wrong, honestly, that could go wrong financially, emotionally, all the things, because you could avoid losing someone in your life. Oh, and this kind of goes in, this will be probably number nine on my list. If you loan money to family or friends, loan it with the expectation of never getting it back. Just that is like a blanket rule for Mark and I. Whenever somebody's approached us and said like, hey, like um, I could use some some money. Can you guys help me? We've always said, you usually get a contract in place. That's another thing. Get a contract in place between the two of you, but go in with the expectation that they're never going to repay you because sometimes things happen and they won't. And you just, you gotta know, okay, well, you know, live and learn. I'll never loan them money again, but I'm not going to let it ruin my friendship because I went in with the expectation that like they may never pay me back. So, um, number four, show up to your job, be consistent. It doesn't happen without action and hard work. So many people just think that like success happens overnight. I mean, maybe they don't, maybe that's just like a youthful way of thinking. Success does not happen overnight. It takes a shit ton of hard work. It takes action. Like sometimes it bothers me because I know people that just, it's like, oh, where are you at on this? Where are you at on this? Oh, you know, we're still just here. Oh, uh, like, and they're like sitting and it's like, 
well, what have you done to put like, what steps have you taken to move forward in making the goal that you have to start the business or make the money or get this job? What action are you taking? If you're just sitting at a standstill, it's never going to fucking happen. Like, no, you're just sitting there. So why should it? Like, you have to be consistent. You have to show up in order for whatever the goal it is that you have to happen. It's not just going to happen on its own. Number five, money doesn't always equate to happiness. I was in a job, and I've again talked about this before, but for anybody that's new here, I was in a job that was made very good money. And I was making really good money at a very young age in my 20s. And once I had Austin and I had burnout because I was at this job for 10 years and, but I was making such good money that it was keeping me in it, but it was keeping me in it for all the wrong reasons. Like I just, anytime I got an email, like I would like cringe, like, oh God, what headache do I have to deal with now? Or what fire do I have to deal with that? Like, I don't like, like what, it was not right. I, I was having bad dreams about like, you know, like having to go to my next trade show and, and not to say like that, I don't have gratitude towards that job. I mean, good God, we would, we wouldn't be where we're at without it. But I was only staying in it towards the end for the last three years because of the money. That was it. It wasn't because it brought me joy. It wasn't because I was so excited to go and like, you know, sell bathing suits and um, sandals. It wasn't. It was just the money. And it affected my day-to-day life. It affected my mental health. It affected my marriage. So money doesn't always equate to happiness. And I learned that you'll be able to adjust your sales and figure it out. You just will. I didn't just quit and then sit around and watch Real Housewives of Orange County. Like I then was like, okay, like I'm going to put my emotion and my energy now into something else. And granted, I didn't make as much money as I did at that job. I don't even think I still do. Um, But I want to tell you, I'm far more happy than I was there. And it all worked out. So don't try not to just stay in something for the money. And that kind of goes in line with uh, number six. If you hate your job, you have to find the courage to change it. You spend so many hours at your job day in and day out. If you hate it, holy shit, you guys, like that is like you're living in a hell, right? And and again, this is probably easier said than done, but take action after your job or your workday is over to start figuring out how to change being in something you hate. Your life is so short to be in something that you hate and that you dread going to every day, don't do that to yourself. And and maybe that that comes from a privileged standpoint. And if that is, you know, how you're feeling when you're hearing this, I'm super sorry. It's I, I just, I want you to not just stick in something if you every day are like, fuck this, this sucks. Because you're worth more than that. And I know that it takes time to adjust your life, but like you're worth that energy, I promise. Like, and try after hours to spend 30 minutes 20 minutes, 10 minutes. Okay, what do I need to do? Write out a list. What do I need to do to shift it? What would I rather be doing? What would bring me more joy? And then start looking into those industries or those fields and finding something that maybe would suit you better and bring you joy and not make you feel like shit every day. Number seven, invest in yourself. You're worth it. Uh, For so long, like I just kind of became complacent. Like I wasn't putting money into myself. And this is probably speaking more so to people with their own businesses, but like you got to put your money in it to get money out of it. You just do. And you need a tax write-off, so you might as well. But, you know, and this can mean two things. You can invest in yourself, like like going back to what I said, invest in yourself by putting the time into figuring out what it is that you want and where you want to be, but also financially invest in yourself. I decided to take the leap with this podcast and say, okay, like 
I need to invest in equipment. I need to invest in a team that knows how to edit things because I don't want to take the time to edit things, um, but I want it to be a certain way. Uh, sometimes it's worth hiring the professional to get the outcome that you want because I have found that I need to be very creative with my time and use my time wisely. I could have sat down and listened to 10 different YouTube tutorials on how to edit everything and do this myself, but then that's a lot of time being taken away from the creative side, which is where I excel. And so I decided I need to invest in a team to get the outcome that I want because that's better use of my time. So investing in yourself can be worth it if you can figure out how to do that wisely. Number eight, your business will require you to pivot often. This is normal. If you own your own business, you're going to have to pivot. There are going to be things that just don't work out. There are going to be opportunities you take that weren't the right ones. Um, I've taken some campaigns where I'm like, oh my God, I wish I did not take this. Or you're going to hire somebody and be like, shit, this isn't that. This isn't a good hire. You know, I've got to, I've got to pivot. You're just constantly pivoting. My friend Chelsea actually taught me that, just that word. And she's in a podcast in season one, if you want to go back to listen to that, because she has some really good points about pivoting and, and her business. So yeah, so that is, um, the eight, nine, 10 things I've learned in my business over the last 40 years of my life. So we'll finish off with the last category, which is the things I've learned about myself um, and things that I need to do for myself. Number one is take yourself on a date once a week. Take yourself to lunch. Take yourself to go get your nails done if you can. Even just taking yourself with a homemade lunch to a park and sitting on a bench and having time with yourself. I think is so important. Um, I have grown up in a household with a shit ton of people. So being alone is really weird to me. Uh, but there are days where I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go take myself to the pharmacy and get myself one of my favorite sandwiches. And I'm not going to feel a least bit bad about it. <laughs> and so I just think that that's important. Date yourself once a week or even once a month. Do something for you. Because again, like you got to love yourself before you can love anybody else, right? And that this next one goes hand in hand with that. Buy yourself the flowers. Flowers bring me joy. I like love to have fresh flowers in my home um, or just going out in my backyard and clipping um, hydrangeas. They just, I think it's scientifically proven that flowers make people happier. So buy yourself the flowers or whatever the fuck you want <laughs> for that matter. Um, like if you really like set your eye on the prize and you really want that handbag or I don't know, whatever else that you want, those pair of shoes, like Set aside your $5 bills. Whenever you come across a $5 bill, set them aside and save for it and buy that. Because again, like you can't take it to the grave, people. Number three, I've learned that I don't need anyone else to make shit happen. I'm perfectly capable of doing whatever I set my mind to. I used to be scared of making executive decisions, especially in my younger years. But as I've gotten older, especially now, I don't need the validation from anybody. If I feel like, you know what, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go fucking do it. Or if I feel like, you know what, like this is the decision I'm going to make in my business. This is what I'm going to do. I just do it. I don't like need to get everybody's opinion about it first. So I've just learned to like really listen to myself and 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 I don't need anybody else to be there to hold my hand along the way. Like, no, I, I'm perfectly capable of figuring this fucking out. So let's figure it out. And that that's not to say that there's not tears along the way. It's like figuring out this podcast. Holy shit. There were a lot of tears because I was like trying to be 
something I wasn't. I was trying to be the people who have been doing this and have like full on teams of people with production and, you know, camera crews and everything. And I just had to swiftly realize that, nope, I got to take a step back and I got to tone this down and I got to do it in a way that I know I'm capable of. So it's okay to, uh, to step back. Um, number four, trust your gut will never steer you wrong. This goes back to like the mommy thing, mommy intuition. We're, we're animals just like every other animal is deer, dogs, everything else. And they all have instincts and they listen to it. Like if blue hears a sound, she's going to sit quietly and she's going to listen to it. We have those same instincts. If you're in a situation and you have hairs on the back of your neck, don't ignore that. Seriously. Like trust that. I've gotten weird feelings from people out in public before. And I'm just like, lean into that. Don't steer away from that. Or if there's a situation that just feels weird or off, chances are it fucking is. So pay attention to that. We have those instincts for a reason. And I don't think we as, as humans tap into it enough. And so I think that we'd avoid a lot of uncomfortable settings or scary settings or just problems in general, if we just go, I'm going to lean into this one. Like that person seems a little off to me. Avoid them because <laughs> they probably are. Um, okay. Number five, if you need a minute, take a minute. All right. When Mark and I are in an argument or if like, even like with my kids, if like I'm having a conflict or with a friend, sometimes I just close my eyes and I go, take a minute. That 60 seconds could make or break and like a whole situation. And Mark is learning more and more to give me the minute. <laughs> there are times I'm like, I just need a minute, you know, and I, I need to walk away. Like, just give me a minute. Um, and he sometimes like won't. And I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> have to give it to me because trust me, this isn't going to end well for any of us if you don't. Um, so just take that time, you know, even if you need 10 minutes or 24 hours, whatever it is, like take a step back. You have to respect the boundaries for yourself. It's important. Number six, it's okay to be picky with who you spend your time with. Life is too short to spend it with time. You don't like time with people that you really don't want to be around. I've learned this a lot. Like Mark and I are very, very social people. We have lots of different friendship groups, um, whether it be our neighbors or like my girlfriends or my childhood friends or my family, both of our families. We have large families or, you know, different friend groups from different people. And if I don't want to spend time with someone, I'm not going to. I don't know if this is just a 40 thing because I've really like my sister-in-law put it perfectly one time. She was like, Erica, if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. And Damn it. She's so right. Because it's true. It's like, if I don't want to go to something, if I don't want to go to an event, I don't want to go. Oh, well. And if they're mad at me for it, fuck them. You know, like sometimes you're obligated, like, you know, like if it's like someone's funeral and you're like, I really should go to that, go, you know, but, but if you don't want to go to a dinner or if you don't want to go camping or if you don't want to go on a trip or whatever it may be, don't. And if you don't want to hang out with a certain person because you just don't enjoy their company, don't. You're not doing them any favors by faking it, by being around them and just being like, oh, great. You know, like they feel that energy. They feel that you don't like them. Again, we go back to being humans. Like we can feed off one another's energy. Like I can tell when I'm too much for somebody. And, and I'm like, OK, you know, like, OK, I'm not that person's cup of tea. But also then I don't want to be around that person if they don't like me and they don't enjoy my company, then I don't want to be around them either, you know, but it's okay to be picky with the time you spend with people. 
I don't know, like call me selfish, call me whatever, but I am learning far and far more that, you know, now that I'm in my forties or like entering my forties, I don't care. (laughs) I don't care to be with people who don't bring me joy and who I don't want to be around. You really, I'm learning that you don't give a fuck when you're in your forties. Um, so number seven, you won't always get an apology you think you deserve and that is okay. In life, like you can't, you can't control what, what actions someone else takes. And sometimes you really feel like you're owed an apology and you're not going to get it and you're just going to have to learn to live with it. And the more and more that you try to fight for that apology that that person doesn't want to give, it just is going to drive you crazy. So just learn to let go. I cannot recommend listening to the Let Them Theory podcast by Mel Robbins enough. Just listen to that. It has changed my life. I've only come into that podcast in the last year, and it literally has really helped um, me shift my energy around letting people do what they need to do um, and knowing that you're not always going to get something that you think you're owed from somebody, and that's okay. And last but not least, um, you know, I started off this podcast saying, oh, gosh, I did not have an thing in what I've learned about myself. And so here it is. You need to give yourself grace. You cannot be everything to everyone. You are going to fuck up. You are going to hurt people. You are going to hurt yourself in a sense that like you're going to make decisions and be like, damn it, that's not really what I wanted. It's okay. You need to give yourself grace. You aren't going to be perfect. You aren't going to be everything to everyone. And that is okay. So that rounds out 40 to 50 things that I've learned in the last 40 years of my life. And I do hear that your 40s are fucking amazing. And I'm actually, I'm not going into this decade feeling bad. Like, oh God, I'm 40. I'm not. I'm really not. My 30s were so amazing. I had children. I built a home. I started a podcast. And so I can, I can really look back and just say, I did a lot. And I had so much fun and I had a great decade in my 30s, but I'm so excited for what 40 is going to bring. I literally like cannot wait. I feel like this is like, this is my decade. <laughs> um, I just, I feel like I know who I am. I feel that I know, you know, when to say no. And I feel that I am confident in the decision-making process more so than I ever was before. And I'm confident that I don't care what people think. And I am going to have the hard conversations. And I'm going to I'm going to try my best for you guys to show up in a way that's a little bit more vulnerable. And if people don't like it, oh fucking well. But uh yeah, cheers to uh cheers to turning 40 and the 40 things, 40 to 50 things I've sort of learned in my 40 years. And uh I'm excited for this new decade and I can't wait to take you guys along. So thanks so much for listening to this solo episode of this podcast. I hope, I hope you take something away from this. Um, And uh, if you have anything more to add, things that you've learned in your life, I would love to hear them. So please send me a DM or leave a comment in my comment section on my, on my Instagram page or leave a comment here. That means more than you guys know, but uh, in general, thank you so much for being here. I fucking love you guys. Cheers. All right, friends, that's all for today's episode of the Whiskey and Lace podcast. If you liked what you heard, please share the love and leave a review. 
And remember to join the Whiskey and Lace community by following me on TikTok and Instagram at Whiskey and Lace. And send me a DM to say hi and mention this episode. I'd love to meet you. See you next week. Bye.